all right all right all right day 377 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is keith and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right so psalm 64 right uh moving right along in the psalms man and you know, it's been so good. Uh, I just want to say personally for me to just see the many ways that God's people have talked to him throughout history. And I can just identify so many ways uh, that I've been in the same situation. Right. And again, we, we have our theme that God is this great king and our God reigns. Right. And we also see uh, like the early church father Athanasius said, the Psalms do not just speak to us. The Psalms speak for us, every single emotion that a human being could feel is addressed here in the Psalms. How good is God to give us the Psalms, right? So David is going to lament in Psalm 64, and he's crying out to God to exercise divine retribution and justice, right? From the attacks he receives from his enemies. And remember, in this time for David, right, in this period of the Israelite monarchy, salvation is seen as um being saved from his enemies right so he'll say this god hear my voice right when i am in anguish protect my life from the terror of the enemy right hide me from the scheming of wicked people from the mob of evil doors why who sharpen their tongues like swords right and who aim bitter words like arrows right so david's going to ask the lord for help and he says yo hide me right from first being physically attacked but also rhetorically attacked right and what we see in this psalm is that words can cut just as deep as swords can right words hurt words leave wounds right and they often take a really long time to heal and what david says makes this worse is that the harmful speech that is hurled at him doesn't do he didn't do anything to merit it right he didn't do anything to deserve the speech that was thrown at him right and i think this is a word for us on two fronts one be careful and mindful how we speak to people right today i want you to be mindful of the words you speak to people because you never know what may stick with folks you never know what they may hold on to and i think also what david is pointing out to us as well is that when we receive slander we should use our words to take the concerns about other people's words to god right and the thing i just thought about man was christians aren't always those that have a different set of problems hear this but they are those who do something different with the problems they have, right? So there's this aspect of, oh, no, no, we we experience the same problems that other folks experience, but the difference is we take the problems we have to a specific person who handles this, right? And instead of re reciprocating in kind with the same behavior, with fighting fire with fire, we don't, right? Because we know it only escalates the issue. When somebody slanders you, Right. Responding is like going to a house fire and starting to put gas on it. Right. There's going to be an escalation of the issue that isn't going to serve nobody's best interest at all. 
And then we see further, right? David is going to speak of the way in which the wicked don't haphazardly fall into this wickedness, right? Oppression and sin. They devise schemes, right? So it's not just that they're talking crazy about them, but they have these schemes and these plans that derive from the deep recesses of their heart. So my man David is in some real situation. They didn't just, it wasn't just Twitter fingers, right? People weren't just on Twitter talking wild. No, no, no. People was really like talking about what they were going to do, right? And, and we see though, uh, in verse seven, this great shift comes, right? But, right, the last four verses show the type of, the last four verses uh, of this Psalm, excuse me, are going to show an inversion or a backfiring of what the wicked do to the righteous, showing that what will be done to the wicked because of what they've done to the righteous, right? So there's going to be this inversion. And we even see this all throughout the Psalms that um, there's this concept of this ironic justice or this poetic justice where what the wicked have done to the righteous actually comes back on their own heads, right? So he says this in verse seven, but God will shoot them with arrows. Suddenly they will be wounded in the same way that the enemies of God and the enemies of God's people shoot the arrows of their words at innocent people. God will suddenly shoot them down with arrows of judgment. Verse eight, they will be made to stumble. Their own tongues, hear this, work against them. You hear that? In other words, the very words that they spoke will be used to incriminate themselves in the divine court of justice, right? God works things out in such a way where the very things people use to harm folks will be used against them, right? And we see in the last two verses that God's judgment is always meant to do two things, right? So he'll say this, verse 9 and verse 10, then everyone will fear and will tell about God's work for they will understand what he has done. The righteous one rejoices in the Lord and takes refuge in him. All those who are upright in heart two things we see that god's justice does for god's people one it leads folks to repentance that's verse nine right as a result folks will see the judgment of god and thus fear god verse 10 it leads to rejoicing the righteous will rejoice that god kept and fulfilled his promise and taking things that were wrong and making them right right and we see this you already know where I'm going. We see this most beautifully in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus is the center of scripture and he's the climax of scripture. So every single thing we see in scripture, we must run through Jesus, right? So we see this most beautiful, beautifully in the gospel of Jesus Christ. What happens in the gospel of Jesus Christ? The judgment of God comes down upon the son of God. And thus Peter and the apostles, after he raises from the dead, can get up in Acts 2 and call folks to repentance. Why? Because the judgment of God always leads people to repentance. And what's even greater is when we see God exercise his justice and his judgment on his son, knowing it should have been us, what do we do? We rejoice. Right. God's justice isn't aimless. It makes up for the things that are wrongfully aimed at us. Slander, lies, gossip, etc. 
but it also has its own aim, its own end, its own telos, its own goal in leading people to repent and trust trust the Lord, but also to rejoice because of what the Lord has done. Let's pray. Father, I pray that repentance and rejoicing will go hand in hand for us today, regardless of the problems we have. I pray that even though um, we don't have different problems, we will do something different with our problems because of whose we are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.